Christchurch, New Maldon, 12th of January 2020, 9.30 service. Sarah Parker speaking on 2020 Vision, a church that cares for the poor. So, 2020 Vision, a church that cares for the poor. The second in the series, 2020 Vision, the church that cares. Following on from Becky's talk, a church that cares for creation. The question is, can the church do much to help the poor? Or is it just too big a problem for us to make a difference? The whole issue of being poor can mean so much more than being financially poor. You can be rich in money, but poor in health or relationships. For instance, one of my sister-in-law's favorite sayings is, health is wealth. Some poorest families can be rich in love and security, even though they are financially poor. I think of myself as a glass half full, even a glass full to the top kind of person. I tend to be optimistic about life and that somehow things will work out, hence the fizz in this picture. Apocalyptic headlines such as this one don't work for me. My natural reaction to these kind of headlines is that it's so bad there is nothing I can do so there's no point in worrying about it. A better headline, I think, is one that issues a challenge, where we can see that we can make some difference or bring about positive change. I trust in God because I believe in the hope that trusting God brings. I believe that God is in control and not people. Let's thank God for that. I'm not saying that we don't have a responsibility, because we clearly do. But the Bible is about the hope God has blessed us with, and just as well, because we do have a habit of messing things up. But as the readings remind us, God makes it clear we do have a responsibility to help those who are poor. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? A very clear command to us all. With all this in mind, let's start with the good news, because I'm optimistic. In the past 200 years, the world has made great progress in ending global poverty, which has dropped to record lows. According to World Vision, since 1990, a quarter of the world has risen out of extreme poverty. Now, less than 10% of the world lives in extreme poverty. This does mean, however, that around 700 million people still live in extreme poverty and are struggling to fulfil the most basic needs like health, education and access to water and sanitation. The majority of these people live on less than $2 a day and live in sub-Saharan Africa. So although things have improved hugely, there is still a way to go to eradicate poverty in the world. So still work for the church to do. So what about closer to home? We know that there are people, including families, still living in poverty and dependent on food banks to feed themselves. So there are still plenty of people who are considered to be poor in the UK. Many of the poorest in our society 
end up homeless, living on the streets. It is difficult to imagine being homeless. It goes to the core of who we are, to have shelter, food, water and warmth. Four basic needs to live. It's not a distant problem either. We know how easy it is to become homeless. It can be closer to home than we dare to think for ourselves, family or friends. Many people who become homeless would never have imagined they would. We have had people here at the night shelter or at Grapevine who have attended the private school King's College Wimbledon and Oxford University. The stark reality is that anybody can end up homeless from whatever background. John Kurtz, uh, Stephen's brother, says, the image of a rough sleeper could be described as an icon of poverty because of the powerful way it conveys both personal tragedy and political failure. John Kurt has over 25 years of experience of leadership and management of services for homeless and marginalised people. So he knows a thing or two about homelessness. John helpfully identifies three aspects of poverty around homelessness. The first is material poverty, and one which most of us would associate with being poor. Material poverty can be brought on by a number of factors. Lack of affordable housing, low paid work, zero hour contracts or shift work, serious illness or accident, evictions, benefit sanctions, leaving prison, hospital, army or care setting, migration to the UK to find work. The second poverty John identifies is a poverty of relationships. Breakdown of relationships with families can be very destructive, leading to instability at home within the family. Chaos may follow, then addiction and problems with mental health can begin. A report by St Mungo's called Home is Where the Heart Is found that relationship breakdown was a key factor in the cause of homelessness. The very real importance of human relationships cannot be ignored and are vital for our well-being. Thirdly, uh, he identifies poverty of identity. Even more complex in many ways than material poverty or relationship poverty is the relationship we have with ourselves. People who feel vulnerable, people who have no self-worth, lacking in confidence to a serious degree can lead to depression, hopelessness and addiction. Often people will try and blot out the pain of the thoughts with alcohol, drugs or other addictive substances. This doesn't bring about healing they need, but causes them to spiral down into further problems. Often it can be easier to detox physically, but the healing and dealing of our inner being can be much more difficult. The three kinds of poverties are very much intertwined, and any combination creates a space for homelessness to creep in. <clears throat> This is where we could begin to feel overwhelmed. It's too big and we can't make a difference. So let's look the other way and think of something nice and hope it goes away. When we feel like this, we need to go back to God, find where the hope is. 
Sometimes the little steps can be more effective than large steps. God's command is clear that we are called to help the poor. If we go back to one of the Bible readings we heard earlier, we don't really have any choice but to obey God's command to follow Jesus. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. We need to have faith, but faith without action is of no use to God. There is a very definite tension between faith and works, but I believe God has deliberately created that tension. Both are needed. <clears throat> so who are the charities and agencies helping homeless people already? It may surprise you to note that most homeless charities have been set up by Christians, such as the Salvation Army, Shelter, and within our own local area, Kingston Church's action on homelessness. So Christians have wanted to help the poor and the homeless for a long time. It is our Christian duty to consider helping to support these charities, not only financially, but to volunteer if we are able, so that we, are not only, so that we not only have faith, but do good deeds too, and fulfill our responsibility that God has passed on to us. What can we do to make a difference to the homelessness that surrounds us so obviously? Surprisingly, a simple encouraging word, a smile or an act of kindness to a homeless person on the street can make a difference to their day. But we can do more than this. I believe that one of the things Christchurch, that's all of us here, has been called to do is to help run the winter night shelter. And Christchurch will be running the winter night shelter in February and March, which is not too far off now. We will run the shelter on Thursday evenings through to Friday mornings. There will be over 140 slots that we will need to find volunteers for over this time. That's a lot of slots. Are you willing to help provide a safe place for up to 12 homeless people here at Christchurch? We need people who can cook, people who can chat to the guests, people who can wash up, make breakfast, people who can cover the night shift, people to wash pillowcases, tablecloths, and someone who can transport the sleeping bags to the next venue. There really is something for everyone. Don't be put off if you feel out of your comfort zone. It may seem daunting, but just trust me, you will come away having loved it, buoyed up, and feeling good. I have never known anyone not to appreciate volunteering for the night shelter. God knows us better than we know ourselves, and something amazing happens when we help someone else. We are blessed in a very special way, and we are changed. For anyone who feels nervous, that's okay, but don't let that stop you. You will not be on your own. You will be well supported by a team. Please come and talk to Stephen or myself afterwards if you are interested in finding out more and take the plunge and sign up to volunteer. You will not regret it. God does this amazing thing when we give of ourselves. He gives us a feeling of self-worth and well-being. We are rewarded for our deeds by something intangible. God really does bless us.
Acts 20 verse 35 tells us this. In everything I did, I showed you that by this, this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Together, we can make a difference to the guests' lives. Not only do we provide somewhere warm, safe and dry with good food, we provide relationship as well. Also, the guests respond better to other help that is being offered, such as counselling, because they are warm and fed, and therefore more stable. People are transformed by the care of the night shelter, becoming more whole and having hope for the future. We need to rejoice in this and be part of this so that we can rejoice. And even when things don't go well, and the truth is, not everything will go well for some of the guests, knowing that kindness and love has been shown to them when they may not have experienced too much of this is still very valuable. Making even small acts of kindness and love goes a long way, small steps. By following the theology of faith alongside deeds, people can be transformed by becoming more whole and having hope for the future. I said God blesses us when we help people. It also can give us confidence and courage to speak confidently about our faith and its relevance when we are amongst family, friends and colleagues. US socialist, social activist Jim Wallace says, faith is always personal, but never private. It is important that we live, that, live out our faith publicly, not privately. The Christians who were praying 200 years ago for poverty to be eradicated would be encouraged to see the progress that has been made today. Let's continue the work together. We have the opportunity to continue making things better. Slowly but surely, more progress can be made. I have always found helpful the illustration of God weaving a tapestry, a tapestry of our life. He is working in our lives during the good times and the more challenging times. Life can be messy. Life doesn't always run a smooth course. We make mistakes. We do bad things. Bad things happen to us. We don't always understand why life happens like it does. We can only see the underside of the tapestry. We only see the messy side with the knots and the long strands and the cut off ends and we don't see a picture on the underside of a tapestry. The mess of the tapestry underneath can make us think nothing is changing, nothing is making a difference. But if we work with God, we can be part of making a difference. On the right side of the tapestry, the side that God sees, he is working to make a beautiful picture emerge and we can be part of making it beautiful, which is so exciting. So in the messiness of our lives and the messiness of other people's lives, we are helping to make a beautiful tapestry, which one day will be revealed and things will make sense. Do I think we can rise to the challenge of being a church that cares for the poor? Yes, I do. I said I'm an optimistic person. I believe by small steps we can work to make things better, bring a bit of heaven into the world. I will leave you with a verse from Romans 12 of optimism and hope, so together, let's run this night shelter. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction,
faithful in prayer. That's be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And that's the talk, but there's um, a practical uh, thing that I'd like. We're looking for about four or five sleeping bags like this, this kind, not the sort of mummy kind, this kind. Um, so if you've got one of those and you're willing to donate it to us, please do. But we only need about four or five, so if you can just let me know so that I don't get 100. <laughs> but thank you.